Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to day number 17 of our Easter Countdown devotional series. I hope you had a good day today. It was beautiful weather outside, although we can't really do too much out there. Um, we're a little bit late tonight because I was working uh, over at the food bank today. We served 185 families, which was great, and uh, we even had the nice face shields today. So added a little extra layer of protection, and uh, so it's great to be out there in the community and uh, and serve tonight. We are we are looking at um, uh, we're going to go through all four gospels in one particular little part of the uh, the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus. This will be the second to last devotional that we will do this way. The next one will be on Thursday night. Because tomorrow night is the beginning of Passover, and I'm going to do on Facebook Live right here uh, on our Facebook page a special um, teaching about the connection between Easter and Passover. And I have a traditional Seder plate, and I'm going to show you what each one of the symbol symbolic foods represents and how that ties in prophetically to Easter and uh, what Jesus was doing uh, that night of the Last Supper, okay? I think you're really going to enjoy that, so feel free to join us tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Thursday night, we're going to do our last of these countdown videos. It'll be late again because I'll be again at the mission on Thursday, and then on Friday is going to be Good Friday night. We'll have a special message, Why Was Jesus Crucified? You may think that's an easy answer. He was crucified for our sins. Well, You'll look at it in a little bit of a different way after Friday night, okay? So, um, Matthew chapter 27, this is, uh, I'm going to teach tonight on the burial of Jesus. Uh, verse 57 in Matthew's gospel, as evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus, just checking my volumes there, I'll turn it up a little, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pontius Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. And he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance of the tomb and went away, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. So that's how Matthew describes it. Now, if you flip over to Mark, and this is something you should always do when you read the Gospels, you should see how each Gospel writer um, uh, uh, writes about a particular account if it is repeated, and this one is. In Mark's Gospel, it was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, so as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council. Ah, so Mark is telling us that Joseph of Arimathea was on the Sanhedrin, that is the Jewish ruling council who sentenced Jesus or had this kind of trial and accused him of blasphemy and so on. Joseph of Arimathea was a prominent member of this council. Who, ha who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God. He appears to be a believer. 
went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. He bought uh, some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock, rolled the stone against the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. If you flip over to Luke's account, he also has it for us, which is very, very valuable. Now, there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council. This is in Luke 23, 51. A good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. So he was opposed to the Sanhedrin's ruling about Jesus. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea and was waiting for the kingdom of God. He is a believer, apparently, again. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. He took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. And then finally, you go to John's Gospel, and he has this accounted for us as well. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus, John 19, verse 38. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews, presumably the Sanhedrin, on which he was a prominent member. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied, John gives us this detail, by Nicodemus. The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night, you read that in John 3, the famous passage about, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, or, or uh, even further in John chapter 3, about being born again. This is what was in that uh, uh, conversation with Nicodemus, you must be born again, he said to him. Wow, so Nicodemus was also involved in the burial. And we're told Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, taking Jesus' body, the two of them, wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. Um, yeah, this was in accordance with the Jewish customs. So you've got four pieces of the puzzle to put together there, but I want you to notice something, a couple of things, really. These two men were impacted uh, very powerfully, but very gradually by the life of Jesus. Both of these men were believers. They kept it hidden to a degree, out of fear, yes, but these men had crossed the line of faith. And that often happens in people's lives today, that people over time gradually get to a place where they step over that line of faith. And sometimes it's so gradual they don't even know when they stepped over that line. But you see that with these two men, uh, and they're mentioned very briefly in the Gospels. It is fascinating that Matthew mentions that Joseph is a rich man and that Joseph cut this, this, this uh, uh, tomb, uh, new tomb, out of the rock. Uh, it is very fascinating because, and this is another lesson uh, about 
the, this burial. Uh, if you go back to Isaiah and the major prophet Isaiah, uh, who speaks often about the, the Messiah to come, and you look in Isaiah 53, which is regarded by the New Testament writers as being prophetic about Jesus. There's six or seven writers who quote from this passage in Isaiah chapter 53. It is so obviously speaking about Jesus. And look at this in um, uh, from verse 7 of, of Isaiah 53. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is silent, he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Who can speak of his descendants? He was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people, Isaiah says. He was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. He was assigned, verse 9, a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. It's a bit of a paradox. But if you think about the, the, the sequence of the death and burial of Jesus, well, he, w- he, he died between two criminals on uh, on the cross and uh, I can guarantee you that those criminals would not have had a type of burial that Jesus did tombs cut out of uh, new tombs cut out of rock were reserved for the wealthy and the rich and Joseph of Arimathea was wealthy could it be that we have in the tapestry of the Bible a prophetic image here that though he was assigned a grave with the wicked he was with the rich in his death it is a remarkable coincidence and it just again shows you these little little details in the narrative how they are weaved together so beautifully uh, with the tapestry of scripture and again this lesson about these two men who gradually get to that place where they step across the line of faith and follow Jesus and become disciples of his. So I don't know where you are at uh, tonight in your personal understanding of Jesus, your personal understanding of God, but there comes a moment, sometimes you can't even trace that moment, where you know you're a follower of his, where you know that you, you, you believe. And you can see by the actions of these men wanting to give Jesus a decent burial, Uh, how much they revered him, and what they thought of him. So I pray that in all this mess that we're living in and uh, all all of these trials that we're going through and everything that we see happening in the world around us and even in our own homes, I'm sure there are many of you who are experiencing a lot of difficulties. Maybe there are people watching who have lost jobs. There are those of you who may have friends, loved ones who are in hospital people who have been infected uh, uh, by this, uh, uh, this virus, uh, whatever it is, in spite of that, you can still be, you can still be like Joseph of Arimathea and like Nicodemus. You can be a follower of Jesus even in the midst of all of those trials. 
Uh, so God bless you tonight. I hope that uh, many of you will join us tomorrow night at 7 p.m. as we look at uh, uh, the Passover uh, in this historic year uh, of 2020. God bless you tonight. Have a great evening.